The following program is sponsored by Prayers Heard in Heaven. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another that we may be healed and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. The title of today's message is, You Must Dominate. Jesus said the son only does what he sees the father doing. John five nineteen. Then Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. Then Jesus is telling us the son can do nothing by himself unless he first sees the father doing it. Then whatever the father does, the son also does. The father loves the son and shows him all that he does. And to your amazement, the father is going to show me even greater works than these, John 5 and 19. The Jewish leaders were infuriated with Jesus. It was the Sabbath and Jesus had healed a man. So he was working, they claimed, on the Sabbath day, the day of rest. But worse than this, he called God his own father, making himself equal with God. Then he said, I'm working today and so is my father. Oh, my goodness. He was really upsetting the place. The Jewish leaders were so angry. The Bible tells us they sought to kill him. Jesus dominated because he had revelation from God and he walked in obedience to the voice of God. He said, I speak not on my own now. But the father tells me what to say. John twelve forty nine. For I have not spoken of myself, but the father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. Wow. Jesus, through revelation, power, through prayer and obedience, God gave him dominating power. Jesus was on a boat with the disciples on the Sea of Galilee and a storm arose and Jesus was asleep, but the boat became engulfed with flames tossed to and fro. The disciples rush, crying out to Jesus, Lord, save us, or we perish. Recently, when I was in Israel one night, about three or four in the morning, yeah, I'm in a hotel by the Sea of Galilee. It was so amazing. I shall never forget it. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm in a deep sleep and I hear this howling wind and it, it's all of a sudden just out of nowhere. I don't hear rain. I just hear a howling wind. And I rose up and I'm like, what, what in the world is that? Where's that coming from? And, you know, I thought, well, no, no, it's just the wind. It's really serious, though. And I kind of laid back down and then it just got stronger, stronger. I said, OK, Lord, obviously you want me to go and look out the window. I went over to the window and there was no rain, not a drop of rain. But there's this howling wind and it's whoo. And it was just so strong. It's a sound I had never heard before. It echoed 
you know, across the pavement. The pool chairs by the side of the pool were being shaken, but not really moving out of their place. The umbrella by over the pool chairs was just blowing in the wind, you know, and the sea was just moving. It was so amazing, but no rain. It was the most amazing sound. It was so turbulent, the water in the pool and the sound. I could understand then from that experience that the disciples had to be terrified because the wind, the current as it comes off of the warm water and as it comes around the Sea of Galilee, it's just absolutely amazing the sound and how turbulent the waters can become. Oh, my goodness. Jesus rose up as the disciples went to wake him and tell him, surely we are going to perish. And here you lie sleeping. Mark four thirty five. You of little faith, Jesus replied, why are you so afraid? Then he got up. He rebuked the winds and the sea, and it was perfectly calm. The men were amazed, and they inquired, what manner of man is this that the sea and the wind obey him? Mm, It's time, it's time that we stepped into a place of power and dominate. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness was alone with the father he must have received revelation while he was on earth through prayer to win the battle in life's challenges we must dominate knowing the father and i are one now that's dominating power jesus disciples lived ate with him they ministered side by side with him they prayed and they traveled they saw the hatred that oftentimes the holy one Receive, but they saw the promise in him. They saw miracles, signs, and wonders. Oh my goodness, they walked with him. What an astounding mission this must have been walking side by side with the Messiah. But now the hour has come for us to stretch forth our hand and do miracles, signs, and wonders through Jesus. He gave us the key to the kingdom. He said, Use my name. Now we can stretch forth our hand and bring down from heaven all that earth has for us to have. Oh, my goodness. We must take it by faith. There is our inheritance. And then there is our possessions that God has for us. Our inheritance is what God has stored up for us. Our possession is what is there. And we can only take possession of our inheritance by faith. That's where faith comes in. Prayer makes us a dynamic center of power because we are connected to the power source, the source of all power in heaven and earth. And that is God. In these last days, for those who prepare themselves for service, he is going to give so much power and revelation as the church has never seen before. For he has already given us the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You must dominate. Jesus said, oh, you of little faith. Why are you so afraid? He was saying when he got up and he rebuked the winds and the sea and everything was calm. No wonder after Jesus resurrection, seeing such dynamic things happen, seeing the miracles and working with him side by side and then his resurrections. No wonder the disciples make an important decision. In the book of Acts, the sixth chapter, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Then they rose up 
and dominated. Jesus said, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it will be done unto you. We can dominate by staying in his presence. If we do, we will rise up and dominating authority. We are faith in action. That's what we must be. Satan looks for the idle soul, the one who isn't abiding in the word, who isn't abiding in Christ. That's who he walks about seeking, whom he may devour to locate that one to devour. But he cannot touch you because you know the secret to abide. We must dominate over life's situations that can bring pain and suffering and any form of torment by fear to this The cry of our hearts must be to know Christ above all else. Philippians 3, 9. And being found in him, not having my own righteousness from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God on the basis of faith. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. That was the cry of Paul's heart. If we cry out to God, he is faithful and he will hear and answer our prayer. God wants us to know Christ above all else in an intimate relationship. That relationship will give us dominating power. This is the cry of the heart that creates a disciple set on fire for Jesus. He's a blazing fire, a fire that destroys evil, setbacks, unclean things, tormenting spirits, night terrors. He is a restorer of health, youth, Vitality. He makes all things new. He gives back the years that the locusts have eaten. He is a changer of rebellion to sonship. He changes bitter waters to sweet. He takes very little and turns it into much. The bite of a poisonous serpent, he makes it as nothing. He's the one who calls his servants friend. He's the author of our salvation. The lamb that was slain, the bright and morning star. Jesus, the Messiah, that's who he is, and that's what he does. He wants us to see his artwork in all of creation, becoming a lover of humanity. Then we can minister to anyone when we begin to see him in everything that he made. Then we have the eyesight of Christ. With the eyes and the heart of Christ, we can walk about doing good because God is with us. Acts 10 and 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. God wants you to dominate. God wants to make a change in our lives. He wants us to put off the old man and become renewed in the spirit of our minds. Oh, my goodness. He said he makes all things new. Well, today He is renewing minds through this message. Please remember, I can say just one thing today. And if you get a hold of it, it can alter your entire life. God wanted to use Isaiah for him to dominate in the spirit realm with authority for the people of Israel. If Isaiah answers God's call, his life will be changed forever. Right now, God is looking for those that he can set on Holy Ghost fire and send them to his people. Maybe God wants to visit you like he visited Isaiah. God appears to Isaiah in an astounding way. 
God has a plan for his life. However, Isaiah lacks something to fulfill God's wishes. Watch what he says when he has a vision in the temple. Now, at this point in Isaiah's life, he must have been very sad. King Uzziah had died. Uzziah was a good king. He kept his people safe from their enemies. He became king at age 16, and for 52 years, his kingship reigned. Uzziah did what was right in the sight of the Lord in the beginning of his reign. He set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And the Bible says, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Oh, my goodness. What about you and me? He'll do the same. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Well, Uzziah, when he would go out to war against the Philistines, he would win. He went to war against the Philistines and the Arabians and the Amorites, and they had to pay tribute to Uzziah. And his fame spread even to the borders of Egypt. He was very strong in his desire to build up the towers in Jerusalem, and he fortified the gates. He had soldiers and a great army. He had mighty men of valor, 2,600 of them. And under their command, he had a great and vast army. He proved to be skillful with finances and military forces. God made Uzziah a great king. And as long as he followed him, Uzziah prospered in all that he did. But now King Uzziah was dead. Isaiah must have loved and admired Uzziah, because he was such a great king. King Uzziah, he had to admire him, for in Isaiah chapter 6, he speaks of him as Isaiah is entering the temple. That day, Isaiah must have felt very, very sad as he had entered the temple because he spoke of King Uzziah. Maybe he was contemplating and thinking of his death, and swiftly something amazing takes place. Isn't that what happens with God? Just when we think all is lost, suddenly he does a new thing. Isaiah 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was sitting upon the throne high and lifted up. And the temple was filled with his glory. Flying in the temple about him were strong looking six winged angels of fire. With two of the wings that covered their feet. And with the other two, they did fly. And they said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. It was an amazing sound and it shook the temple to the ground. And instantly the whole sanctuary was filled with smoke. Isaiah thought that he would die because he was sinful and his mouth was unclean. And he had seen the Lord. He said he lived among a people who were also sinful. Then an angel took a coal from the fire and touched his lips and said, now your guilt and your iniquity is healed. You are purged, is what he's saying. I'm paraphrasing, if you will. Isaiah's sin was forgiven. And suddenly, he hears the voice of the Lord. And the voice of the Lord says, who shall I send as a messenger to my people? Who will go for me? Isaiah answered and said, Lord, here I am. Send me. I will go. This is Isaiah's great commission and all the sadness of the death of King Uzziah and how he reigned for that 52 years. God does a new thing in Isaiah's life and God calls him to be a prophet for the people and kings of Israel. God is looking for someone who loves him 
to show himself strong. He's looking for disciples that he can set on Holy Ghost fire to do the will of the Lord. Second Chronicles sixteen nineteen. for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal towards him. God won the prophet for the kings. God still wants those today who will speak for him. He wants each of us to walk in dominating power. Isaiah knew that he must be clean just to stand in the very presence of God. As the angels cried, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Isaiah 6. Isaiah's spirit must have been convicted when he cried out, I will surely die for I am a sinner and my mouth isn't pure. Once Isaiah cries out and the angels touches his mouth with the hot coal. Now and all his guilt is gone. After this encounter with the angel, the Lord gives Isaiah his assignment. What if today you decided to have a Holy Ghost camp meeting and you laid out before the Lord on the floor? Or maybe you can't get on the floor and you lay out before the Lord on your bed and you cry out to him, Father, I'm a sinner. My mouth is unpure and I live among a people who also are sinful. Purge me. Touch my lips, cleanse me, O Lord, and make me new. The Holy Spirit have way in this vessel. I submit my will and my life to you. Cry out to God, continue in prayer, and don't let him go until he blesses you. When is the last time you prayed all night long, prevailing in prayer. When is the last time you prayed past midnight right there alone on your floor or on your bed crying out to God? This is where power in prayer comes from. Meeting with the Lord, wrestling with the Lord of heaven's armies. I will not let you go until you bless me. Numbers 20 and 6. Then Moses and Aaron came into the presence of the assembly to the doorway of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Or maybe at the evening time prayer, you go face down, crying out to the Lord. Lord, cleanse me, purge me, make me whole. Holy Spirit, you are the potter and I am the clay. I submit my will to you. Father, place a new anointing upon my life in Jesus' mighty name. This is how we draw near to God. Grieve, mourn, and weep. Turn your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. James 4.10. When we humble ourselves before the Lord, the Holy Spirit gains access to pray through us. When the Holy Spirit is praying through us, the prayers ascend to a new height of power. We step into a new dimension in prayer. You will dominate as your relationship with God changes and it becomes an intimate relationship. As we step into the very presence of God, results, powerful results through prayer will follow. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God 
was with him. The scripture tells us that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. He's telling us exactly how to pray and what to pray for, how to do the great works of God. We must pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. By the anointing of God's Holy Spirit, Jesus preached. He healed the sick. He raised the dead and he went about doing all manner of good Jesus did not pray long prayers to heal anyone. He didn't even pray a long prayer before he raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus fought the battle for the sick, for deliverance of demons, raising the dead. He fought the battle in prayer behind the scenes. He spent long hours in prayer. He spoke to God. He would rise up early and be found in the temple alone to pray and to seek God. And God revealed to him the great works that he was to do. He said the son only does what he sees the father doing. Paul prayed that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Paul knew that we needed revelation, power, and prayer to do the great works of God. Through relationship, we dominate and destroy the works of the devil. Persevere in prayer. God will reveal, direct, and empower you. Acts 1.8 But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What if God spoke those same words to each of us? If we commit ourselves continually to prayer, meaning non-ceasing in prayer, and to the ministry of the word. This is the love of God for us to be praying, having an intimate relationship with him, and to be ministering the word to those that are lost And they're just unsaved. Remember the moment we draw near to him, he draws near to us. He's looking for someone to show himself strong to, to place an anointing on them, to show them his power. Will it be you or you or you? God wants to empower you. Wrestle with him. Go deep into prayer. Align yourself with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the great teacher of prayer. When we bring ourselves alongside the great teacher, he will instruct us. We want to be as Jesus was. We want God to show us in prayer what we are to do. We want to see what the Father is doing. And those are the things that he wants us to do. He said, the words I speak are not my own, but the father who sent me. We want to speak the words that God gives us to speak. The Bible says we will take account of every idle word. So we don't want to be speaking idle words. We want to speak the words that God gives us to speak. We're talking today about dominating power through prayer. We want to be on time to prayer and the Holy Spirit will meet us there. When we decide that we're going to give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word, that's when the Holy Spirit can empower us. That's when the word of God becomes flesh within us and we begin to dominate 
and see miracles, signs, and wonders through prayer. God wants to empower you. Today, will you make that commitment? I will give myself continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org.